So let's jump into the Word this morning. Let's, uh, let's take a look first at Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 9. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Let me read that again. Open thy, open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. So we started a small series off of the movie, the film that we're going to go watch. This film is Left Behind. Uh, last week was Listen Up. I talked about the reason we have two ears and one mouth. Today we're going to talk about Speak Up and when or why it is appropriate to speak up. And when we speak up, we speak up for those in need. We speak up for our friends and we even speak up for ourselves. And how do we know when to do that? How do we know when to step into that role when we are supposed to be slow to anger and we're supposed to listen more than we speak? And I guess the, the, best, the, the best way to start with this is to let you know a little bit about uh, my position as pastor. Now this position as pastor, this is a pretty, a fairly uniform position. Uh, I've worked with dozens and dozens of pastors, and I haven't seen uh, much difference between um, their work life, I suppose. Uh, and th for those of you that don't know, uh, pastoring is a really glamorous job. Everyone loves the pastor when they talk to the pastor face-to-face. -face. No. I've learned a few things since I've been here, just at my season at Cork. Uh, Jade, you, you can uh, find this on social media, uh, Jade is a fraud. Um, I have a confession to make. Uh, I am a fraud. I am actually uh, Miss Jamaica 2001. Seriously. If you go Google Jade Fulford, because you know I got a weird name, right? My mom wanted a girl, right? And she was really stubborn. And when I came out a boy, she said, well, it's still Jade. So if you search Jade Fulford on the internet, you will see that Jade Fulford won Miss Jamaica and then went on to win Miss World 2001. That's quite a feat. Some other things that you could find if you look close enough. Your pastor's pulling you away from the Word of God. He doesn't act like a pastor should act. This may not ring off to uh, some of you guys, um, but someone said that uh, the pastor of Cork Methodist Church looks like Cartman from South Park. <laughs> some of you watch that cartoon. Another comment is, why is your congregation full of old people? Not just social media. I've had the opportunity to sit down with a few people, uh, or well, not a few people, but with some people in particular, and I sat with them, and I, I listened to them for an hour, uh, tell, me of, tell me how I wasn't qualified, and a pastor should do this, and a pastor should do that, and, and then this person even offered to mentor me and make me a better pastor, uh, and, and he, you know, this person said he was a pastor at some point, and I, you know, inquired as to how come he doesn't pastor anymore, and to my surprise, he says, there's no money in it. <laughs> Quite an interesting response for someone that, uh, anyway. So, when, um, when I'm out 
And again, this isn't about me and we're getting somewhere. Because you could read some of these things and you could get quite angry. But when I'm out to, when I'm out to go eat and I represent Port Methodist Church, there are people that are wondering, that, that will come to me directly and say, hey, what's wrong with your people? What do you mean your people? Well, why are you Methodists doing the things that you're doing? And then I would get shown pictures. And I'd actually like to show you one of these pictures. Let me introduce you to the latest ordained minister of the, of the uh, Methodist Church. His name is, uh, is Isaac Simmons. And you can see Isaac here on the screen. And, we, and I have to repeatedly say, well, this is not the Methodist, this is really not the Methodist way. And there's constantly things that are coming there. So as you can see, and we can, we can pull that handsome fella down. As you can see, please, being a pastor is a glamorous job. As a matter of fact, that's one of the only few things that you will not hear as a job. It's a calling because when God calls us to do things, we pick up our cross and we go. When God calls you to do things, you do the same thing. It's a calling, it's not a job. But it's really enough to make somebody really mad. It's really, you know, when I hear things about me, when I hear things about you, I get upset. And I want to come to the defense of these things. I want to be angry, right? We just, we want to speak up. How many of you have ever thought, and you don't have to say it out loud, how many of you have ever thought, man, I just want to give this person a piece of my mind and anything in life? I just, I just want to give this person a piece of my mind. After all, Jesus flipped the tables in the temple, right? I mean, if he, if he got upset and he showed people what for, that's, that's kind of what we can follow, right? Well, as we dive into this, first I want to shake off the mood of the room. This isn't about a woe is me thing, but it's about we have every reason, the world has given us every reason to be angry and to speak up. I don't know if you know this or not, but we live in a funny place now where men with dresses can lead churches. When a small church in Plant City could be led by Miss Jamaica, we live in a funny world. So when do we speak up and how do we speak up? When is it appropriate and what does the Bible say about speaking up? Matthew 21 verses 12 and 13. Let's just jump right into Matthew 21. This is what we we're just speaking of. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. So when is it appropriate for us to do things like that? We're thankful for Scripture and I found something that I'd like to share, and it's an acronym that I'm calling VINK. VINK, T-H-I-N-K. So we think before we take action. But each letter today is going to represent how Scripture teaches us to respond to these bad things in our life. So the first one, think, T. Question is, T, is it true? Is what we're saying the truth? 
As we look into Ephesians chapter 4, verses, verse 25, Therefore each of you must put all falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So we, we are told to speak up, and Scripture even warns of evil things that are around us. If we were to look at 2 Timothy, starting in chapter 3, going to verse 4. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Man, this is a list. Not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. As children of God, we are called to speak the truth. But we are reminded at countless times in Scripture into how we are to do this. And we must, we must speak up in love. And sometimes that's really difficult to do. But we also have to remember that someone else is here to fight our battles for us. But let's go back into Ephesians as we speak the truth in love. And we're covering the first letter of truth, T. Is it true? Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Amen. You see these mountain climbers. You see these, uh, uh, these people. And, and as they're... As they're Climbing the side of the mountain. They're looking for openings in the rock to put those things. I'm not a mountain climber. But they're just looking for that foothold to climb. They're looking for that opportunity to bring them up to the next level. When we lead with anger, we open up a place in that rock that's our life that gives the enemy a foothold to stick his foot in there. And that's sometimes the only thing he needs to really wreck your day or wreck your month. We must, we must approach any situation with love as hard as it is. My mom used to say, and I bet a lot of your mothers did, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Sometimes the right thing to do is don't say anything at all. Pray about it. Think about it. Be patient. Think. Is what you're saying true? And if it is true, then we move on to the next step. H. And think, H, is it helpful? By speaking the truth, are we being helpful? I'll give you a, another fact, just in case you're wondering. Nobody ever changes anybody's mind on social media. Everybody is right, even when they're wrong. So when we speak the truth, we do it in a manner that is helpful. We'll dig deeper into that. But let's stop fighting on social media. Who am I preaching to? Myself. I do that too. Okay? Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unholiness talk come out, come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, and it may benefit those, and that it may benefit those who listen. Now, this is an interesting piece of terminology, building other people up, others up according to their needs. And there's a, who knows that there's a difference between our needs and our wants. 
Some people may want us to say a certain set of things. But sometimes we have to speak what is needed, but we are considerate of the language that we use. Okay? As we read more, you'll start to see that speak up really means speak life. We're going to move into I of think. As you're considering at what point you should speak up or how you should speak up, I, is it inspiring? Is it inspiring? Now this comes directly from Paul, formerly Saul, which I think, in prayer, I think I want to I do a message on Paul and why he's Paul, but we'll get there at another time. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, coming directly from Paul. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just, as fa- uh, just in fact you are doing. Let me reread that. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. When we speak, we need to be encouraging. And there is encouragement in truth, and there's encouragement when we speak to our brother and our sister in the way that we need to speak with them. There's a way to be encouraging. How many of you know that when you're encouraging, people want to continue to listen to you, and that opens up a door to speak more into their lives? This last Monday, I believe it was, I had the opportunity to speak at a funeral. There was a gentleman that I've never met before, but I spent the week that Friday before visiting with the daughter of this man. And as I learned more about Paul, was his name, the more I was inspired by his life and the more I wanted to hear about him. And, and I did this funeral and... I, I would see the different people, uh, different persons sharing uh, the story of his life, and, and then I had the opportunity to go speak uh, um, and, and give the eulogy, and I shared some things that I've recently learned about Paul. And it was a moment that even though there was so much hurting, that there was, there was still plenty of hope and joy in those memories when we speak up, it's not always in a negative connotation. Sometimes people need us to speak up for the good of what people are doing. Speak up on behalf of the ones that can't speak for themselves and lift up family members. One of us is going through a moment like that now. And I called this person on the phone and I said, hey, by the way, so and so and so and so, they're thinking about you and they love you. And they didn't want to call you because there's a lot going on. And, uh, there, or they knew that there was a lot going on in that person's life. And they just didn't want to be another phone call. And this person says to me, tell them to call me anyway. As busy as I am, those words lift me up and it's inspiring to me. When we speak up, we use the power of our tongues. Now we have to decide whether we're going to use our tongues to destroy someone, to cut someone down, or to lift someone up. Vink, the letter N in vink, when we speak the truth, when we speak up, is it necessary? 
is what you have to say absolutely why, I mean, absolutely needed to be said. How many of you have said something in the heat of the moment, even worse, said something to someone else, and then went home and went, oh, I should not have said that. The reason we have two ears and one mouth, listen more than we speak. For when we do speak, we're equipped with what the Holy Spirit has for us as long as we take the time to listen. Remember why we were created. We were built with those two ears and one mouth. And we have to ask ourselves, as we remember why we were built, and if there's any questions, we were designed, we were created to worship God. We were created to glorify God. So when we consider those things that we speak up about, if it's necessary, that we ask ourselves a big question here. What I'm about to say, does it bring glory to God or does it bring glory to myself? Does this, what I have to say, is it going to bring glory to God or glory to myself? What is glory to myself? Sometimes when I tell people off, it makes me feel really good in the moment. I just glorified myself. But then later, we all have regret. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything that we do should be for the glory of God. It may be easy for a preacher to stand up here and say that, Preacher, you don't know what, I, what I'm going through right now. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know how much so-and-so just ticked me off. Except I just might. There's some words here on my notes that, I, that I'm really hesitant to say because all of, all of, everyone with this name that I've met has been an amazing person. But my notes tells me to tell you, when it's necessary to speak, don't be a Karen. Now, I'm not talking about our Karen here. And actually, I don't know a Karen, but you see those people on the Internet that are just griping about, I don't know, the trash can not being to the end of the road or I want to see the manager. This is the Karen I'm talking about. Uh, as a matter of fact, we got a, I guess we got a piece of mail from a Karen a couple days ago. We still haven't put our trash cans to the back of the building, and everyone can see them when they drive down the road. What do I do? I take it, and I pray about it. But then the problem is I forget about it, and they send me four letters in the next four months. Think, the last letter, K, be kind. Our words are powerful. The things that we say are powerful. I'm not here telling you not to speak up. I'm saying that we all must exercise caution when we use our words that our words could be an encouragement, not breaking someone down. Any time that we speak, it should never be to break anyone down, even when we're calling out injustice. And there is a time to call out injustice. And there is scripture that guides us through this, and perhaps we'll learn this at another time. But for today, God is telling me, this is what we need to hear in our lives right now. Everything that leaves our mouth should build people up. We should be protectors of the weak. We should be an echo chamber for God's word. And besides, that person that you're having a fight with, you're having an argument with, 
Consider that person like yourself, an onion. There's so many different layers of situations that they're going through. Nobody, I would hope, nobody just wakes up and decides, you know what, I'm going to blow up on the first person that says the wrong thing to me. Something somewhere along the line caused these circumstances to happen in the way that it did. I don't believe we were born into this world as evil, bad people. I believe that the world can shape us into some pretty terrible people if we let it, if we let the devil have that foothold. So remember, when we speak up, we remember to speak life. As far as speaking life goes, and I want to say this in closing, I, I said many times that I want to introduce some teams to the church. And uh, there are a few out today, uh, but I would like for Pastor Bob and uh, Michael to come forward for just a minute. I call Pastor Bob, Pastor Bob, because I know him as a pastor. He's been a pastor for a long time. And also, if he introduces himself, he'll tell you I'm Pastor Bob. I thought that was his first name for a while, Pastor. <laughs> and then Michael. I've brought these two up and invited them to be associate pastors of this church. It is not a paid position, and they don't hold positions of authority, which means they're not something that we vote on, but it's something that God has shown me as this church grows that we need people uh, equipped to help me serve this church. And I've not done this yet, and I'd like to make the formal introduction. I don't know if any of you guys have ever met Michael before. He's a first-time guest. No, he's been here long before I have. But I was knee-high to a duck. But the Lord showed me something in these two gentlemen. He showed me their hearts. He showed me their willingness to serve. And he's... So, are you finished? No. <laughs> Um, th these, uh, these gentlemen here are not taking uh, any jobs away from anyone, and they're not, um, they're not doing anything more than being here for you. They're helping me with prayer requests. We're, we're doing, starting Monday, we're going to have several things uh, over uh, Facebook, uh, different lessons and teachings and things like this, and I'm honored to walk alongside them. It's very important that we understand that that this church is about you. It's about caring for you. It's not about Jade. It's not about Bob. It's not about Michael. But if we can get together as a team and lift you up on our shoulders, I would love, I would love for my floor to be your ceiling. Allow us to carry you on our shoulders, carry your burdens. Talk to us about issues you have. Talk to us when you're mad at somebody and we won't gossip. We'll pray for you. We'll pray with you. So by extension, there is another group of people that have stepped up that are what I'm calling the vision team. And again, they're not a church council. They answer to the church council, just as I answer to the council. Uh, but I would like for our, the members of our vision team to stand up at this time as well. Now, there are some more that are not here. Uh, you're welcome to sit down. 
These are the people that help me, and you guys are too. Yeah. <laughs> These are the people that help me do a couple of things. One, cast, help cast the vision for the church in the coming years. But they're also put together for purposes of accountability. If one person leads the reign and one person calls all the shots, we're not doing very good because one person is fallible. I am fallible. So I want to surround our, myself with teams of people that are better than I am so I can look to them for advice, for guidance, but so they can also look to me. So I can hold them accountable for the things that they are doing in their lives so then they can turn around and hold me accountable. And then the question at the end of the day, at the end of each meeting, is how can we better serve this body? How can we better serve this church? And how can we better serve our community? So as things come together, as we speak life, we want to do that with one resounding voice. Not different voices of different people at different times, but one voice praising the Lord together. So in all of this, I think, you know, even me, myself, um, how do we know when what we're saying is the right thing? How do we know when what we're doing is the right thing? Now, this isn't always the case, but I feel important to remind you that the devil is not after someone that was in the bar last night. He's already got them. Usually, you can tell when you're on the right track when all hell break, breaks loose in your life. When people go out of their way to put you down, when you have a flat tire, when life just kicks you right in the stomach. When those things happen to me, I do my absolute best to praise the Lord because I know that the devil doesn't like what I'm doing. There are some of us here that's had terrible, terrible things happen to them. And there are some of us here that have been offended by the best and the worst of people. And sometimes it's easy to say, you just don't get it. So-and-so has done this to me. Or this person has done that. You just don't understand. It's easy. It's easy to say that and to think that. But let's remember. I think I written, wrote down the passage of Scripture. But let's remember as we close and our praise team comes up tonight. When we get offended, when we feel something is unjust, we feel like we want to speak up. Remember that Jesus could call multitudes of angels to help him when he was on that cross. No one here was hurt more than our Lord and Savior. Instead, what did he do? He prayed for those who persecuted him. I like to think if Jesus had Facebook, he would delete his account rather than saying something ill. Instead of condemning and cursing the people that put him to the cross, the decision makers that decided that he should no longer be on this earth with us, he says, Lord, forgive them for they, not, for they know not what they do. In Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 30, this is, this is what sticks with me. And I tell you, it's not easy being a pastor of any church. I'm finding it even harder to be a pastor of a church in a small town. But this is what sticks with me. In Deuteronomy 130, 
The Lord your God, who is going before you, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. When we're so mad we could spit, let's let the Lord fight our battles. And we wait with clear eyes and calm demeanor for the right time for the Lord to tell us when to speak up. And if we must speak up, let's make sure that we speak life. We're going to close in song and we'll have a prayer. And I invite anyone that's dealing with anything to come to the altar or take care of business in your seats. Jesus loves you. And if you have told someone off this week, you're forgiven for that. That's the beauty of the cross. If we had had an angry thought about our neighbor, you're forgiven. Ask and you're forgiven. That's the beauty of the cross. If you're struggling with forgiveness, or if you're struggling and want someone, someone to forgive you or you forgive that person, take it to the cross. Amen. Please stand. had a little bit of a serious message today. When should we speak up? When should we stand up when we're oppressed or when we feel wronged? But I want to encourage you as we go out through this week and as we deal with the things in our life that the battle is already won, the victory is already had. These things that we're facing with in the grand scheme of humanity, in the grand scheme of the universe, these things that we're dealing with is just a piece, a speck of sand. Remember that the Lord is fighting our battles for us, so when we leave these doors today, let's leave knowing the victory is ours and have joy in our hearts.
no matter what we're facing. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for so many hearts here today. Thank you for the souls. Lord, I ask that you stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Lord, allow your Holy Spirit to walk with us, to carry us, Lord. As a congregation makes decisions and does things in their, in their own respective lives, Lord, walk with them and remind them that you are there. It's never them versus the devil because you are there with them. It's not a one-on-one -on -one battle and it's not even fair for the devil.